I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me return guest Sally Carpenter, here to talk about what's new in her cozy universe. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths? Hi, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Um, I live in Southern California, originally from Indiana. Um, came here partly for the warmer weather and other reasons. Um, I just published my eighth cozy mystery. Um, really excited to talk about it. And um, what would you like to know? Well, first, introduce this book of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. Okay. Um, it's the sixth book in the Sandy Fairfax Teen Idol series. Um, Sandy is a, now he's 39 years old, um, former teen idol from the 1970s. The book is set in 1994. So he's, he just turned, in the book he has a birthday. So he just turned 39, getting close to that 4-0. Um, and a lot of changes going on in his life in this particular book, which by the way is named The Highland Havoc Caper. And I think the real reason I wrote the book is so I could put Sandy in a kilt. Um, he, looks, <laughs> he looks great in anything he wears. But yeah, his real name is Ernest Farmington. Um, Farmington is a Scottish name. And in fact, when I started the series, I wanted to make sure he was Scottish so I could put him in a kilt. I just like kilts. I think they look great on men. So um, this book is set it starts off at the Highland Games. Um, there is an actual Highland Games in Ventura, California, which is about mm, 20, 30 miles from me, um, called Seaside Highland Games, called that because it takes, they're set at the Ventura County Fairgrounds, which is literally on the coast. And um, in fact, the county fair has the um, slogan, County Fair with, with Seaside Air, I think that's, the, that's the, um, the motto because when you're in the fairgrounds, you can actually look out and see the Pacific Ocean, which is pretty cool. Um, so anyway, the Seaside Games is actually a real thing. And I went on the website and pulled out a lot of information that I put in the book to make it as authentic as possible. Um, I do have a few little um, items that I added in on my own, partly one is that um, about a half, about a mile or so away from the fairgrounds is a Scottish castle, which was originally built in Scotland many years ago. And the current owner um, had the castle taken apart stone by stone and rebuilt on the coast. Um, but don't go to Ventura looking for this castle because it doesn't really yeah. exist. <laughs> <laughs> I just created it for the story um, because you can't really have talk about Scotland without having a castle. You just got to have one. So um, Sandy goes to the, fair, the seaside games um, along with his family. They kind of go off in one direction. He goes off in another and things happen. Long story short, he ends up with his son who's 13 years old his name is chip and they go on a tour of the castle which of course boards chip to no end and so <laughs> chip kind of <laughs> sneaks away from the tour group and he goes down in this 
unused wine cellar, which was built many years ago, no longer used by the current owner. And he and Sandy discover a body there. So they go, Sandy says, oh, got to go get help and have somebody take care of this. So they run and get help, come back, and the body is gone. And they look around and can't find any way where somebody else came in and took the body. And of course, the people that Sandy get, they don't believe his story because of they've course. never had, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, so not only is there no body, Sandy doesn't know who the person is. So it's like, how can you find a killer when you don't even know who got killed? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't want to spoil too much of this story. But anyway, and the next day, for various reasons, they're back at the games again. This is taking place on a weekend. And they see a piper fall out of the um, castle tower. Um, the tower faces the ocean, and they can't actually see what's going on. But when they run to the castle there where the body would have fallen, the body is not there, presumably fell in the ocean and you know washed away. So now we have two bodies which are not there, and Sandy doesn't know who they are. <laughs> So you know, it's kind of some interesting sleuthing um, going on. Uh, other things happening in the book is Sandy is now engaged to be married. There's a big spoiler there. Um, he's engaged <laughs> <laughs> to his girlfriend, Cinnamon. He met her in the second book of the series, the Sinister Sitcom Caper. So I think anybody who's been following the book probably has pretty well figured they hook up at some point. But so this is the point they were fi finally formally engaged, formerly, formally engaged. And so they're trying to work out. Sandy wants to go and go to Las Vegas and get hitched right away. Cinnamon wants a traditional wedding. Um, Sandy's been through this all before. He's divorced. And so now he's got to adjust to a new wife. And she has made it quite clear that she does not like to be compared to his first wife. <laughs> so he has to be careful when he talks about his first wife around her. And um, they, you know, going through the struggles of trying to plan their life after the wedding, he's under the assumption that she's going to be a stay at home wife. Um, she tells him that this is not going to happen. <laughs> So they have to work through that. Um, but they're still, they're still together, of course, at the end of the book. So it all works out eventually. Um, this sounds like a great adventure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh. And poor yeah. Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> the women in his life he still has to deal with his ex-wife that's the problem she has custody of their two children um so in order for him to see his kids he has to go through her so he has to stay on her good side and of course it seems like anytime he's with the kids something happens <laughs> and in the previous book which is the notorious noel caper um, he took them to a theme park and they find a body. Sandy's just a corpse magnet. 
<laughs> and uh, and of course the ex is traumatized because she feels like you know oh my goodness my kids saw this body and they're just you know ruined for life and all um he keeps telling her she's overreacting um but anyway in this book sandy spends a lot of time with his son um which when i started writing the book i didn't really realize that was going to happen but um because i thought he'd be spending his time with cinnamon who after all is his, his fiance but he ends up with Chip quite a bit for some reason. And Chip actually helps him in solving the murders. Um, again, no spoilers here, but he does help out with that. And of course, at the end of all my books, Sandy ends up in some kind of deep peril that he needs to escape from. And this time, Chip unfortunately gets pulled into that. So the two of them have to work together to escape the um, great peril that they're in which of course kind of adds a little character development to um, Chip. And oh, another thing going on is um, of course, at this stage in his life, Chip has discovered girls. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Sandy has, shall we say, a history with women. <laughs> and he wants his son to avoid the pitfalls that he's fallen into, sort of, you know, yeah. do as I say, not as I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know, this 13-year-old boy is not going to listen to his dad in this department. Anyway, um, through various reasons, um, Chip has his favorite TV show that stars this 19-year-old actress. And Chip ends up meeting this actress, and she acts like she really likes him. And of course, Sandy doesn't want his 13-year-old son hanging out with a 19-year-old woman who has, shall we say, been around the block a few times. Um, <laughs> she's, he's afraid she's, she's going to lead him astray. So um, there's a bit of a battle there with him trying to be protective or maybe overprotective of his son. And of course, the actress who is quite famous is, you know, she resents Sandy trying to run her life. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. And she says, you're not my father. He says, no, but I'm Chip's father and he's my responsibility. So this poor Sandy, everything happens to him. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's kind of how it is for our poor cozy characters, isn't it? Murder mm -hmm. magnet everything happens to them <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know if he'd want it any other way he, he i think he'd be bored <laughs> stuff wasn't going on around him and of course he's um he's doing a guest spot on a tv show so he's trying to keep up with that and do good work on that while dealing with you know murders and sons and fiancés and whatever um in planning the wedding Unfortunately, Cinnamon has, shall we say, a rather demanding mother. And her mother never had the dream wedding that she wanted. And so she's wanting to run, to set up the wedding for Cinnamon. And she wants it to be a big fancy affair with a lot of celebrities and, you know, um, and Cinnamon and Sandy want it to be a more low-key affair, you know, have all the you know, traditional elements, but make it, you know, just family and friends and kind of small. And they don't want the paparazzi there. And 
so they're, you know, Cinnamon's trying to deal with her mother and she wants Sandy to step in. And from his experience, from his first wife, it is not a good idea to stand between a bride and her mother. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't want to get caught up in this battle. Um, he's trying to stay out. So that actually gets a little unresolved at the end of the book. You know, all the other loose ends are tied up. But that's still, if if another book is written, that will be, you know, carried forth into the next book. <laughs> oh. So nothing, nothing comes easy for Sandy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it doesn't sound like it kind of reminds me of uh, my second book where, yeah, Sabi and Bridger planning their wedding. <laughs> All the issues with that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And an interesting thing is they're, they're trying to find a wedding venue. And this being Southern California, most venues get booked up months and months and years even in advance. And, um, you know, they want to get married pretty quickly, but everything's being closed you know they can't find an opening anywhere but anyway they do find I, i'm not going to spoil it they they find a rather shall we say unique spot for their wedding <laughs> which i, I kind of discovered i think maybe i was surfing the internet or something and i i found a website and i thought this sounds really cool because i'm thinking i want something different and unusual for sandy and cinnamon i don't want them you know just be at a regular you know country club or you know, the usual venues that are popular around here. So um, I found something rather unique for them. <laughs> it's not crazy. <laughs> it's not, not something silly. It is something nice, but different. Sounds interesting. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So when you're not busy writing, have you been reading anything interesting? Oh, well, um, <laughs> I my local library about a year ago started up a genre book club. And we meet once a month and we read um, genre books. We read mysteries, science fiction, fantasy. We've done one romance. Uh, that's not a big interest with the most of the group likes science fiction and fantasy. So um, it's been interesting reading the various books from month to month. And some, you know, are really, I really enjoyed. Others were like, why did this author write this? But, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but being an author, I look at the various writing styles and see what can I learn from this that I can put in my writing. And right now I'm reading one. Oh, I don't have it handy. So I can't tell you the author's name, but it's called The Gilded Ones. It's a fantasy. Um, it's young adult fantasy, and you can kind of tell that because there's a teenage protagonist in it, and she worries about the fact that people don't think she's pretty. I said, oh, yeah, this is this is young adult. This is what <laughs> young girls worry about. <laughs> but it takes place in a fantasy land, and let's see. Apparently, she has golden blood and not red blood, and in her culture, that marks her as being impure and she can't get married and she's an outcast and so forth. And um, 
But then a representative from the emperor comes and he's rounding up all the imp in impure girls um, to help fight. There's some creatures that, that are coming in and destroying cities and killing everyone. So he's form putting these girls into an army to fight against the monsters. And I haven't gotten too far into the book. That's about as far as I've gone. She's now arrived at the capital city to um, start her training. And so far, that's been pretty interesting. Um, and I'm kind of paying a lot of attention to it because I'm kind of shifting gears with my own writing. And for my next book, I want to write a science fiction mystery. So I'm kind of boning up and getting back to my sci-fi roots. Oh, fun. Yeah. Well, many years ago, actually back, I think, in the late 1990s or early 2000s, I wrote a, this was during the Harry Potter craze. So I write, wrote what I thought would be a young adult book to, young adult science fiction book to, cap, to you know, latch on to the Harry Potter craze. Well, nobody bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but fortunately, I kept the computer files. I just shuffled it to the back somewhere. So I thought, well, maybe I should look at that again. So I pulled it out. And going through it, I realized why it didn't sell. But it actually has some really good basic ideas in it. And I'm thinking of aging it up, making the characters adult and not young adult. And I think the basic premise of it is pretty solid. And of course, now that I've had more experience with writing back when I wrote it, you know, I was pretty new at writing books. But now with a little bit of experience, hopefully I can reshape the characters and the plot. And um, I need to add sort of some more mystery elements to it. Um, but I think, I think maybe this can be a, a good thing. And I've, I've found a couple of publishers that I think would be a good fit for the book. So we'll see what happens with it. Well, good luck with that. That sounds really <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, it's the trouble is it's sort of what I call mixed genre. It's like, well, is it science or is it mystery? Do you market it to the science fiction people or do you market it to the mystery people? Uh, <laughs> which is kind of, I, I have a, a, another set, a couple of books in my psychedelic spy series which are a spy mystery mashup. Um, there's, it takes, it's set in, the in 1967, and there's spies in it, um, and there's also a mystery. There's always a body. Um, but it's sort of like some of the mystery people don't like the spy element. The spy, the spy people don't like the mystery element. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you're sort of stuck. But I'm kind of doing a marketing push on that book right now and hopefully maybe let some more people know about it and maybe they can check it out for themselves. The first book is called Flower Power Fatality. And it actually has a lot of elements of the mystery genre. It has a female protagonist. Um, it's set in a small town. Um, um, the main character has a cat who actually the cat plays a big role in the second book. Um, but she does have a, a cat. Um, and there's her 
family. She doesn't spend a lot of time because she lives on her own, but you know, there's her family there. And um, so I try to make it, you know, kind of put some more of the cozy elements in there. Well, it sounds really interesting. Thank you. So writing multiple series, it sounds like you're doing. What's the hardest <laughs> thing about writing a series for you? Uh, I think the hard, well, I think the hardest part for me is I work a day job, um, which kind of cuts down on my writing time. So it, to me, it's a little frustrating that I can't write books faster uh, because I'm kind of limited to weekends and evenings for my writing time. And, you know, after spending the day on my computer for my day job, it's like, oh my, I have to be back on the computer <laughs> for my writing time. So I think for me, that's a little frustrating is, is not being able to get the books out quickly. Um, and also the fact that um, at this point, I haven't tried to write two books at once. I, I'm, I'm just kind of afraid if I start that, then I'll just may not be able to get one done, you know, instead of just working on one and doing that, um, not having, you know, taking even longer to get them done, but I don't know. Maybe that would work. As someone who's prone to doing that, I do not recommend writing two books at once. I, <laughs> I am well, I'll very take, much... <laughs> I'll take the word of the expert then. I'll just work on one. <laughs> I am very much prone to it. And it usually ends up with one not really being worth finishing. <laughs> oh. Well, I think the question for me might be which series to work on. Um, hmm. I was going, well, after I finished the Notorious Noel caper, I was going to work on the Psychedelic Spy. But then at the end of the Notorious Noel ends with Sandy proposing to Cinnamon. So I thought, well, I think maybe I should write the next book because the readers might want to know, you know, if she accepts the proposal or not. So that's why I went ahead and wrote Highland Havoc Caper. But, um, but I think at this point, for various reasons that I won't go into, I'm, I want to work on a different series. And kind of get because um, Psychedelic Spy only has two books in it, which to me is not really a series. To me, you have to have at least three books. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Three is a good number. Um, but I recently came across a couple of other publishers. Uh, well, one particular mystery publisher that seems very open to a sci-fi mystery. They, I looked at their website and they say they they were open to stories that are outside of the box. And I thought, this story is not outside the box. It just smashes the box flat. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I had some contact with that particular publisher. Um, they've started, that company has started up a blog where they interview authors who are not with their company, which I found was a rather interesting <laughs> way to do things. And I happened to be their first interviewee. Um, and the editor who handled my interview, he actually went to my web website and read all the information. Um, 
and he had very nice things to say about, he hasn't read my books, but he had nice things to say about what he read. And I thought, this might be a good fit for me. So I'm, you know, write the book. And again, I'd like to get it done quickly before they close submissions. <laughs> That's one problem with the small press is sometimes they are open for a while and then they get a deluge and then they close submissions for a while until they get caught up. So, um, you know, and then, and then I'm thinking, well, what happens when they say no? Well, in that case, then I might rework the story. And I found another publisher that might be, you know, if the first one doesn't work out, the second one might, but I'd have to retweak the story to sort of fit their, their guidelines. Hmm. Seems like that's a constant with writers where it's like, well, at least I've got this one, but oh, I'm going to have to retwist this, rework this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I think it's hard when you're looking for, once you have the publisher, then, you know, then you're kind of set because, you know, there will probably be open to you doing another few books. Um, but you never know. But then it's just, you know, you spend all this time writing a book and then if they say no, it's like, oh dear, you know, I spent all that time and... <laughs> but the good news is, is at least you finished a book and, you know, you might have learned some more about the craft along the way, or you might have some characters you can redo for another book. So it's not really wasted. In some ways you've wasted your time, but I don't think you've wasted your energy or your knowledge. Right, right. So do you have anything fun that you've been up to or have planned that my listeners should know about? <laughs> well, writing is fun. Uh, <laughs> quite frankly, I don't do a lot besides my day job and my writing. That's, oh, well, take care of the cat. <laughs> <laughs> the ever demanding cat which the trouble is I, I don't really travel because then I would have to find somebody to feed him um, and he doesn't seem to want to eat unless I'm petting him at the time <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if he'll eat around anybody else and I can't just leave the food out for him because <laughs> if it's wet food it won't stay good for very long so <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm sort of a homebound, but that's okay, because that's just more time for writing. And I'm trying to think if I have done anything fun lately. <laughs> hmm. I think that's where I write, because my own life is really not that interesting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I, I kind of understand being a pet hostage a little bit because <laughs> I've got my dog Ruby and she has never left my side since I adopted her before COVID hit. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Well, in years ago, I had other cats and I did do a little traveling then, and but whenever I would board, I my at that time my veterinarian would board animals. Um, my vet has since retired and closed his um, practice. But it turned out that whenever I did board my cats, they got very stressed out and they were not happy. So you know I'm <laughs> off having a good time, and they probably thought I was deserting them or abandoning them because 
I, they'd stick the animal in a cage during the day and let them out a little bit at night and then put them back in the cage. So they probably thought, you know, I was putting them up for adoption or something. So they got very stressed out. So, you know, if you have animals, you really can't travel much. <laughs> yeah, we tried to put poor Ruby in a pet daycare for just a little bit of time. She did not like that at Aww. all. <laughs> Well, they say, well, what's interesting, my cat, I got him through what they call a barn cat program because I wanted an indoor-outdoor cat. Um, and I think the cats in that program were pretty much cats that you just kept outside to catch the mice. I don't think they weren't really intended to be pet cats. But this guy, his name's Twinkie. He's orange and white, like the snack cake. Um, <laughs> But I just kept working on him. When, when I got him, he was under the bed for a week before, he, before I really even had a good look at him. <laughs> <laughs> but I just kept working on him and petting him as a, a little bit at a time and feeding him and so forth. And now he's gotten quite affectionate and certainly much more than um, when I first, when I adopted him. So he's, he likes petting. He loves getting brushed. Um, sometimes he'll snuggle up to me. Um, he's not scared of the TV anymore. Um, but he's still out. But actually, I'm glad he's outside because when he's inside, I don't get any work done. Because <laughs> <laughs> when he's inside, he's, I have to sit with him while he eats. And, you know, he wants all the attention and so forth. So... <laughs> Well, I am quickly running out of time, unfortunately. Oh, what a shame. I know. So, real quickly, how can my snoops follow you? <laughs> okay, well, I, I'm on Facebook. There, I think there's other Sally Carpenters. You can find me because my Facebook page has a picture of me sitting in the Batmobile. Um, yes, this is one of the, not the one used on the TV show, but it is an official Batmobile. Um, I also have my website in the, at sandyfairfaxauthor.com, all one word, and you can download free stories from my website. Again, that's sandyfairfaxauthor.com, and um, just go there, and you'll find the um, get my story button that you click on and you can get some free stories. Awesome. And I'll be sure to include the links in the show's notes. Thank you. Well, I've had so much fun chatting with you. And oh, I can't wait to have you on the show again. <laughs> well, when I get my <laughs> next book written, probably sometime next year, um, I'll let you know. And thanks. I really enjoy being on your show. I enjoyed having you on here. Thank you. Well, Snoops and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on The Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my listeners for staying loyal. And if you're a cozy mystery author out there who wants to reach out to my Snoops and Sleuths, come over to www.thecozysleuth.com contact. 
Also, if you like cozy mysteries and want to hear them read by live actors, check out the Cozy Mystery Rats Maze, wherever you find your favorite podcast. Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy.